You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado and South Carolina beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times all over the globe. We are on the air and everywhere and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. The Trail Show has a mailing list, folks. Sign up by clicking the subscribe mailing list tab at thetrailshow.com. All right, it's February. Love is in the air. P.U.D., can you tell us all the lovely items we'll be covering on tonight's show? We're going to have Salty on. Hey, it's now. romantic. Um, we're also going to have a guy named Jordan on. Sounds like a romantic name, Jordan. I feel like he could be a Brad Pitt character. Um, what else? we got some a Leonardo donors. DiCaprio character. Yeah, we got some donors, and that's that's some love in the air right there. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few mailbag items that are exciting and you know all the other normal stuff that we do here hopefully some maybe we'll have some romantic hotline calls mm. Mm. maybe some from germany will some definitely celebrate uh holidays in this month others are from across this, the pond as they say okay okay awesome very good well let's talk about mike de lorenzo's beer of the month Delo, go. Yeah. What wine beer are you drinking month. tonight? I don't know. It's from <laughs> Sicily. I got some beer of the month that I'm going to drink in a little bit, though. That'll yeah. do. Oh, I've is got, that a, oh, you got Kirkland sparkling water. That's got Kirkland brand sparkling water, but, but nice. that was just a trick. I've actually yeah. got one of these left. The Fallen the Queen. The Fallen Queen Belgian style whip beer from our good friend, Richard Parker. This is out mm. of Rogers, Arkansas. And uh, here's what it says, D-Lo. Read orange, it to us, Disco. Orange peel and coriander mingle for a light, bright citrus aroma, light lemony tartness, and a pleasantly crisp finish. 5.0 ABV. This is a really good Vit beer. Hmm. Thank you, Richard Parker. Triple you got any Palmetto State beer there? What do you got going on? You know, I don't, but I think it's really important that we play a particular hotline call because it's relevant to this situation okay, right now. It. Let's do it. Um, and I think it's it's only appropriate. So here we go. Hi, Trejo. This is the Vampire. And mm-hmm. I realized on the show there's a sharp decline in Dilo reading beer labels. And I think oh. this is a essential part of the show. And yeah. For that reason, I now want to start regularly to read uh, beer labels to you in a bored, droning voice, and I read whole beer labels until you got the logistics out and uh, will, and maybe in the future, give some beers also to Dilo. So here it goes. <laughs> Historisches Emma Beer. Naturtrüb. 
Emma ist eine der ältesten Getreidesorten der Welt und wurde bereits vor Jahrtausenden zum Bierbraut verwendet. Das ist unsere Interpretation eines historischen Emma-Biers. Aroma Karamell, getrocknete Früchte. Karamell. Note 1. Malznote 3. Energie oder Brennwert 169 Kilojoule oder 40 Kilokalorien pro 100 Milliliter. Calories? Zutaten Wasser, Emmermalz, Gerstenmalz, Dinkelmalz. Gebraut und abgefüllt im Siebenburger Brauhaus, Hammerweg 5, 9, 3, 3, 3, 9, Riedenburg. Oh. 5,1 Volumenprozent. Bei 8 bis 12 Grad kühl und dunkel lagern. Mehrwegflasche. GE Öko 001, deutsche Landwirtschaft. Wow, he's going all out. 23, Einwaage 0,5 Liter. Wow. That was beautiful. Well, it was beautiful. I would like wow. to tra- challenge the Trail Show Nation. Let's get some color- callers of other languages yeah. to call and read a beer yeah. label to us. I think that's a great idea. I loved it. And I will make sure that in a little while I have a beer with a label and I will read okay. it. Perfect. I can do that tonight. Okay. That's awesome. Might even, might even get a couple beers and just hang out and read some labels for a few minutes. <laughs> we'll Your start normal a whole Friday segment. night activity. Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn off your podcast yet, folks. We've got some beer label reading coming right up. Very exciting stuff here, ladies That's and right. gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. The first trail news item is that there's a ton of snow in the Sierra. Didn't we? Touch on this no, last no, week. no, we did not. We were actually. Well, we, were we uh, telling we'll people get to that? Like... We'll get to that later. We should get to that later because we had a little bit of an irate ask a hiker question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we can well, come back. Okay. We can come full circle. Ooh. Okay. We can come back to that. The other news item I had was I just wanted to talk about this article in Backpacker Magazine with these 15 new hiking slang terms everyone should use. Now, um, is, is this legit? Like, or is this something that an intern made up and they're trying to get it out there in the ether? Like, I don't know. What? I'm I'm too old to know. I'm not. Maybe we need to read some of these and and then uh, maybe hikers who are more current than us out on the triple from last year can tell us if uh, if these if these are true. Okay, Let's do it. Like okay, okay. apprehensive apprehensive like T E N T. So that's the anxious feeling you have at the end of the day when you're like hoping for a campsite or when campsites are full. You know, you campsite after campsite is full and you're like, oh no, I'm getting apprehensive. Yeah. And then there's mm-hmm. uh, cajoleries, which is candy you bring to, to keep kids going to cajole them. My mom practiced that with jelly yeah. bellies. I've done yeah. it with other people's kids. Uh, deja, vu, deja vu's views. Can't say that word. Uh, this is like when you have like, like the Appalachian you, Trail. Oh, yes. No, sorry. I was thinking of, of the Tahoe Rim Trail where you're just like looking at Lake Tahoe the whole time. The whole you know? time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weaver's Needle in the Superstition Mountain. <laughs> Weaver's Needle, man, on the Grand Enchantment yeah. Trail. You'll see it for half the trail. And then there's this, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. It could be Frenable, Frinable, Frinable. 
It's a tiny rock in your sock that causes chafing. Frinables? Fr- like fry like fine fin up frinables? I'm gonna I'm let's, gonna give let's read the example real down. quick. This one has a great example. You go on without me. I've got to stop and remove this frinable from my left ultra lone peak. Pulp. Um, this is when you are struggling to finish the last bites of your food. Like you made too much, too much oatmeal. What's the word? Fulp. Fulp. Fourth and gulp combined. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. You're forcing the last bites down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Grain counter. Yes, I, I feel like this is like the same as uh, gram weenie, you know. Yeah, but it's even more intense. Yeah, because grams are too big of a unit for them, so Great. then they count grains. Yep. Is grain a fraction of a gram? Yeah, point yes. zero six five grams, half of a gram, a little over half. I spell it. Spell the word. Grain counter. A grain, like a grain like of a, rice. Here, yeah. I'll spell the, it for the, you. This is no G- good. R- People might have grains in their hiking food stash. There's too much confusion possibility. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm going to go two thumbs down on that. Grain counter. The next one I like, kitten hole. This is when somebody doesn't dig a cat hole that's deep enough or big enough. It's a kitten hole instead of a cat hole. Like a landmine. Oh, they they saved the best for last, I think. (laughs) Sounds like it's not safe for work. They've got the Michelob Ultralighter. (laughs) <laughs> what? Read that one. What a is backpacker that? who is normally fanatic about saving weight, except when it comes to adult beverages. Charlie, the Michelob Ultralighter of the group, packed a tarp, a toothbrush with a handle cut off, and a sixer of old style. Or two six packs of tall boys out of Kennedy Meadows. Yeah. Yeah, like our friend Cliff Clavin. <laughs> a, a Michelob Ultralighter. I like that. Yeah. Mm. We've got the uh, outdoor gasm, the giddy euphoric feeling of topping out a peak or pass, reaching a secluded alpine lake, or spotting some unlikely wildlife on the trail. That sunset last night gave me the best outdoor gasm of my life. Uh, Tough one to to use in a sentence. I I like this one, the phantom spice. This is for people who don't clean their, their cookware. So then, like, they make breakfast, and then they make curry for dinner, and then the next morning they make something else. And you they, know? Their breakfast yeah. tastes like yeah. curry. Yeah. 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 Uh, the rock block. This is when you're scrambling and you get to a spot that's too difficult or scary. We, we call those, we actually call those granny stoppers, Disco and I. No, granny stoppers are when there's a huge step up on trail. Like, okay. like, like almost imagine, like, like a double yeah. step up instead yeah. of just a single step up. But I, mm-hmm. I don't understand rock block. Like you get to a spot where you can't go any farther, basically. You get stuck. That's because a too granny scary, stopper, too you can go past. You can get up yeah, and yeah, go yeah. past. True. True. There's the snack bandits. This is someone who mooches off other people. Oh, there's I've known a few of those folks. The spork. To accidentally cuddle with your tent mate in your sleep because you pitched your shelter on a slope and slid into them. <laughs> what? Sporking. Yeah, sporking. Uh, okay. I don't know. There's a swingaroo. 
a gear item dangling from the outside of one's pack rather than the stone inside. Yeah. Yep. You know, like all the day hikers. Or a pillow in the Sierra. Yeah. Seen that. Did you see that swingaroo we passed at the junction? He had a cast iron pan and a beach umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, there's the trail mermaid. Someone who doesn't bother putting on their rain gear instead trusting their synthetic layers to dry out quickly after the storm stops. I don't like that one. And that's it. Trail mermaid. It's yeah. hard to, yeah. it's hard to use these like because you have to remember them all. There's yeah, I like Swingaroo. I'm gonna use that. Kitten hole. Kitten yeah, hole. I don't know about kitten hole, man. Michelob Ultra Lighter is a good one. Yeah. Although I, I would submit that most hikers that prioritize prioritize beer do not drink any Michelob products. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's and a bit of a conflict there. I also yeah. like apprehensive. It's kind I like of like apprehensive. Opportunities, like you know? Mm-hmm. So I like the deja views because actually, if you look at it, the definition is not like you see the same thing. It's like on no, no, and out and right. back when you're going uh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. the same way you came in. Yeah. Which that's actually, true. you know, I think that's a good description of that. Yeah. True. Mm. So that, that's it, I guess, because we're going to talk about the snow later. But yeah, I mean, I think there's some good ones in there. But yeah, we can maybe the young people can chime in and tell us whether we're those are real things that people are. Or maybe there's some other great terms that we yeah, don't know about. That, I'm sure there's other great terms that people are actually using on long trails. So maybe folks can call in and let us know a few. What else, Beauty? What else do you have? For um, we're going to talk about the snow in the Sierra in a little bit. That's it? You only had two That's items? It. Yeah. What? I do trail news the way it's supposed to be done. Oh, not my seriously, God. Not seriously. And not <laughs> thoroughly. <laughs> okay. Nobody's tuning into the trail show to get their news. That's a good point. And if you are, you need to reevaluate Yikes. your life. <laughs> <laughs> you need to look elsewhere. You need to reevaluate your life. That's correct. Well, very good. I think we're about to have a special guest join us. This person you may remember from shows before the COVID pandemic. Her name is Katie Gerber, a.k.a. Salty. Salty, welcome. Hi. It's been a long time. Yeah, I was thinking that before I jumped on. I was like, oh, man, when was the last time? Well, we were were just talking about how um, you were on a show with us once when we recorded at Skirka's house. And that was the first time you met him. Mm-hmm. And now you're guiding for him and you're his only full-time employee. So we feel like there should be a bit of a finder's fee. Yeah. We want royalties <laughs> off each of your paychecks. Salty. Totally. That seems completely fair to me. Um, you can send all concerns to Andrew at andrewskirka.com. Okay. I will advocate for you. Okay. I, I completely agree with you. We, we were thinking like 30, 35% of each check, maybe. My checks, no, <laughs> maybe of like the gross revenue of the company. Oh, yeah, even better for yeah, the I mean, show. Right? The employer, not the yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mom well, hey, Salty, thanks for being on the show tonight. I actually want to open with um, I know we're going to talk about your book, but you are guiding for Skirka and you did just take on a new role as like a co director. Um, so tell us the opportunities for listeners with regard to Skirka trips, or maybe the application process is closed and they can think about it for next year. 
No. Yeah. Um, we still have, yeah, we still have spots open on, so we have six locations, uh, guided trips and, um, Utah is the first one coming up in April. I think we have a couple spots still open and then the sand dunes in the first week of July. Um, those are both fundamentals, three-day trips. We have two back-to-back there. We've still got a handful of spots open there. Um, and then we're in Alaska. That's full um, but people could think about it for next year. That's more of like a, an advanced trip, um, cause it's completely off trail. And then we do the Sierras in late, uh, what July and then, um, Olympic national park in September and West Virginia in October. And so we've still got spots in, I think in Washington and in West Virginia, and we do have spots that are like three day, five day, seven day, 11 day, um, of all different fitness levels. So, um, awesome. yeah. Yeah. And I know that um, prior to taking this job, you had your um, online coaching. Are you still doing, are you still taking clients and doing your own stuff as well? I am still doing my own stuff. Yeah. I've had to get a lot more like organized with my time, but yeah, I've got um, like, I could probably take on like one or two more clients right now um, for my like health and hiking coaching. Yeah. So I've been doing a fun program where people will come in with like a goal trip in mind. And then I will work on them both in tandem with like getting their health ready for their trip, as well as any like backpacking planning they want to do. So if they want to go over like researching route conditions or gear lists, or, um, even any like backcountry fears that they have, um, all that stuff. So awesome. And your classes are, your online classes are kind of always going right. Yes. Yep. They're going in the background as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, we're excited to talk to you about Adventure Ready, a hiker's guide to planning, training, and resiliency. Yes. Yes. By Katie Gerber and Heather Anderson. And yeah. this is a, a planning book written by two women. So for those of you who are interested, I can tell you that oftentimes as a woman, you have to do a little bit more planning than a man. So <laughs> you can rest assured that this book is well thought out. Um and you know i haven't read it cover to cover yet you just um, stopped when you saw the first picture yeah the right first on the picture cover. Oh, yeah i forgot about <laughs> that pod yep coming down princeton that was a fun fun yeah. day it was a fun day yeah um <laughs> but yeah i, I just want to kind of talk about what's in here and mm-hmm. highlight a few things and um one one thing that i noticed right off the bat one of the things that i really like about this book is in the planning section right off the bat aside from like researching all your gear and all that kind of stuff it's like talking about like who are you going to hike with are you going to hike with anyone Mm -hmm. and building that team at home of people who are going to support you and then fast forward to the end of the book it's like and now you're back and you still Mm -hmm. need that team to help you reintegrate um so i i really like that you guys thought about both ends of the trip and that like am I going to hike with someone and who, who should that be is so hugely important. Oh, it's um, huge. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that you spent a good amount of time talking about all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I know nice. your yeah. And I know your background is in nutrition and health. And I know um, Heather Anderson does a lot of the physical stuff, but I'm curious how you two ended up like coming together to make this. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, Uh, So I have my, I started my online courses in 2017 and my first one was called Adventure Ready. And it was all about this, the physical preparation process, the training, as well as getting your health ready for a long distance hike because of my own personal experience. um, I had realized how important it was to like go into a hike with sort of your like health batteries topped off. 
Um, so I'd made these online courses, had asked Heather to participate in the physical trading module. And then we've had that course out and selling and her um, publishers, our publishers now, Mountaineers Books, saw us advertising the course and approached us about um, turning it into a guidebook. And so we did that. And then we sort of expanded the curriculum. Um, so yeah, so that's how it came about. And um, I appreciate that you touched on like the the last chapter about the reintegration because that was really important for both of us to put in there um, having both I mean I think most hikers who get back from a hike have had some sort of issues whether it's you know post-trail depression or post-trail weight gain or um, just kind of like feeling like listless and lost um, yeah, so malaise. Really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so it was really fun for for both of us to write that chapter just to provide some resources um, yeah and for me to get another chance to talk about gut health because right you know I, I think that like for some of us I feel like our lives are such that when we go on a through hike and we come back we have friends right around us who have been on long distance trips right mm-hmm. that we can connect with but a lot of people don't have that they're like the only person they know that's going to do a through hike right so right. Yeah. you know, you're from wherever, you know, Chelsea, Michigan, and you're like, I'm going to go through hiking. <laughs> I'm just going to say Ohio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you go do the strip and you come back and nobody has any concept of, of what that's like. Right. So, um, sometimes it can be hard to come back and, uh, and like settle yourself again and figure out how you, how you, cause sometimes the puzzle piece has changed a little bit. Right. But mm-hmm. the puzzle's still the same when you go back. So you got to figure that mm-hmm. out. So. Yeah appreciate that you spent some time on the front end of that too, you know, talking about planning, you know, on the front end of like, you know, your mental health, your, your support, and even yeah. like your fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the mental preparation is something that also doesn't get talked about that much, um, like the mental emotional side of it. And I think that I have found a lot of value in it, the more um, like remote stuff and the more challenging stuff trails that I've taken on and routes that I've taken on, especially like, um, sort of like visualizing like that, the challenging times that I'm going to be in and like, why am I out here? Why does this actually matter? Um, and just, yeah, preparing myself from that, uh, yeah, from that like mental, uh, preparation standpoint has become really important for me. So yeah, it was fun to share about that in there and talk about some tools like journaling about your fears or, yeah, like visualizing the challenges you're going to be going through or even having like mantra. I know that's something you've talked about before, like having, uh, I remember like visualization of like you talking about being a lightning position. And I think you said like repeating, like, I am safe. I am safe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I also, uh, like that you guys included like lots of different gear options, you know? Um, and I think the, the, the visuals are, very pleasing to the eye and easy to read like the different tables and the graphs and and things like that I think readers will find that pretty user friendly um not too cumbersome I think all of the whole layout is really nice I especially yeah, enjoy the photos uh, too. great photos Kate, well, Katie's tips <laughs> Katie's tips and Heather's tips are really really great um what else what else is in here you know that maybe sets this book apart from you know a couple of other books that might be out there yeah, I think it's really um, the, I think it's Heather and I's background, myself, as you mentioned, as a nutritionist and Heather as a personal trainer and us like really emphasizing the like physical preparation as well as the mental emotional preparation. I think that sets it apart as well as that 
the reintegration chapter at the end where we provide like real tangible tools for people to transition off trail. Um, as you mentioned at the beginning, sort of coming from the perspective of two women um, and that just sort of being baked into the book. Not obviously not that it's just like exclusively for women by any right. means or that there's, there's not even like a, a vagina chapter in here. So <laughs> there's, yeah, there's that. not even a women specific <laughs> chapter, but yeah, just coming from both of our point of views. Um, yeah, I would say those are, are the big things that set it apart. Um, what about yeah, the sleep yeah. chapter? <clears throat> I'm curious about the prioritizing sleep chapter. I do not happen to have a copy of the book. Um, and I'm curious what what you talk about in the prioritizing sleep chapter, because I think that's actually kind of a very important thing that could be very hard to get dialed in when you're hiking. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, so that's part of like the physical preparation chapter. And it's, there's sort of um, a few things that I go through in there of like uh, nutrition, gut health, prioritizing sleep, and then managing your stress, because those things can all take a really big toll on your health going into a hike, as well as, as you're mentioning, like once you're out there, like it can be really hard to get good sleep on trail. Um, and so that chapter goes through different tips of some things that can benefit good sleep, as well as some things that people might not realize are like hindering your sleep. Is that a, is that a on trail or a pre-trip? That's chapter? mostly a pre-trip oh, chapter, okay. but you Got can it. carry a lot of those habits onto trail and they will serve mm -hmm. you well. Like one of them would be like, don't look at your um, like screens right up until bed because the blue light, um, suppresses your melatonin. And so that's something you can do at home and you can also do that on the trail. So mm -hmm. yeah, don't be reading your sleep hygiene until bed, sleep hygiene. That's right. Very important. You can't yep. do anything well if you're not. And sleeping. there's some really good stuff in here, like reframing stressful events. Like I can just tell you as somebody who works regularly with, with kids who have trauma, mm -hmm. Like these are some of the techniques we use with 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 students, you know, and like these are things that most adults don't have in their in their tool belt. I mean, to yeah. to because we we don't live with most of us don't live with um, toxic stress, um, but you can go through little periods of that. And I think when you're getting ready for a hike, you can experience a ton of stress just from like getting mm -hmm. all the details and wrapping it, you know, all this stuff. And then and then there's fear, and then especially if you get out there and you're in a situation that's challenging having practicing those things yeah. before you go out when you are not freaking out <laughs> is so helpful because then they're right there if you actually do need them um and Definitely. just those, those are on page 99 i know you have a copy of the book yeah um, i'm actually yeah, looking yeah I'm reframing up. stressful events so yep. questioning your yeah. thoughts interpreting threat as a challenge expanding your time horizon increase your sense of control I mean, the, honestly, those are things that like as human beings, we should be practicing anyway. Was, I, mean, yeah. I, I saw a lot of that kind of stuff in here that I was just like, oh my God, like the, these are things that we should all be doing anyway. We should be practicing um, these things. I'm know? glad to hear that. It was like my secret intention, with, especially with that like health chapter was that this would serve anyone at any point in their lives, not just preparing for a backpacking trip. Like these are health tools that you can use just to make your life better yeah. all the time. And I think that's a great point. Like I agree. Like when I look through this, I see a lot of things that, you know, breathing techniques, like mm -hmm. those are things, you know, and like prioritizing sleep. Those are things that probably you actually need to do a lot more of when you're not on trail. Cause when you're on trail, you get to camp at night and you're like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to bed, you know? Right. Um, yeah. and, and you uh, mentioned the four, seven, eight breathing, which is one of my favorite personal techniques. Is it? Been, uh, yes. I've been using four, seven, eight breathing for going on four years now when I need it. 
Um, mm -hmm. I used to need it a lot and now I need it a bit less, which is nice, but it actually works. And for those that don't know, just quickly, like four, seven, eight breathing is you inhale for four seconds, you hold for seven seconds and you exhale for eight seconds. You do like four to five cycles of that and you instantly feel better. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it works, but it does. The <laughs> more incredible. disco travels, the more disco travels is, and is away from me. It seems like the less he has to use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even since I, I love that we're talking about breathing. Um, even since I wrote that, uh, there's some other techniques that come out, but it, essentially what it's doing is like regulating your, your parasympathetic branch of your nervous system, mm. which is the rest and digest part of the nervous system okay. versus like the fight or flight. And there's one that I didn't get into the book that's called the physiologic sigh. That's just um, a long inhale through the nose, a short inhale, and then an exhale through the nose. So it's like, mm. should we all okay. try? You should, should try. It? Let's yeah. do it. Yes, well, Dilo is Hold a on, master of kundalini. Yeah, put your mic your by your nose. your nose. Okay, here we go. Ready? <laughs> Dilo, you sound clogged. Your, your, your nasal <laughs> passage is clogged. I couldn't hear anything. to make a sound okay. sometimes when you exhale to like get it all out let's try should you we know, try like, that again I think that's do, the, do the kundalini <laughs> breathing I, I know you're okay. good at that <laughs> no. <laughs> not the, tonight this physiological side is like the one of the ones that's the, a breath work technique that's most studied that can like reduce stress like in an instant ah. yeah interesting I was, like listening to a podcast about it i'm ja jazzed up about it hashtag <laughs> physiological sigh Quick question about planning your food resupply strategy. Did yes. you give any consideration to the gas station resupply in oh that boy. chapter? I don't know. Did not. I talk about it in there? I might have. I know I have a blog post that's like how to make a healthy resupply at a gas station. Because sometimes Ooh, it is your only option. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I get it. We've uh -huh. talked yeah. about that on the mm -hmm. trail show like many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think the Dollar General have, resupply. I think when you when you read th through this, and I think especially if you do one of Salty's courses, when you're armed with the knowledge of like what's healthy and the mm -hmm. way to determine that, then you can go into any situation totally and make yeah. the most of what's there. You can read labels and make the most of what's there. You know, yep. and that's really the name of the game. That's right. Be so, adaptable. That's right. <laughs> it's like the the old Boy Scout thing. Always be prepared. Right. Be always be prepared to improvise. Mm -hmm. So we have an extra copy of this book. So we have two copies. So we talked about doing a giveaway with one yeah. of these. And since we did our call in worst day on the trail was so successful. Salty <laughs> and I were talking about this. Maybe we could do like your, your, your worst like meal plan or your most epic meal fail, fail. on the trail. Oh, I like this, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Send and, us and, and then we'll you we'll send the book to this person, and then they There's can so read many it. Dimensions. They'll never fail like that yeah. again. There it could so be many... like a terrible meal. It could be a disaster. Like it falls yeah. over. It could be like start of the fire. Maybe diarrhea. <laughs> All right, so let's give so out the phone options. number uh, yes. because we'll do this through the hotline seven two zero eight nine three two two six nine. 
call the hotline with your worst meal fail on trail. And that could yep. be the meal itself, the planning of the meal. Maybe you forgot to bring food on your hike. That would be maybe you were in a fight with your partner and you both had to sit two inches from each other and silently eat from the same pot. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> okay. So call the hotline. Yeah. Um, um, and, if, if, and if for people that don't win the book, can they get the book at katiegerber.com or somewhere else? They can only get it by winning with their, their meal story. <laughs> this is the only copy There's in one copy. They must send their story in. I suppose, though, if that didn't work, I could make some available on my website. Okay. But the best yeah. way is to call in and win the copy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, if they buy it from your website, they're signed, right? They're signed. Yes, shipped right here from Salida, Colorado. Well, and and the one that we're gonna give away to one lucky winner is also signed. That's true. So signed, and will probably come with a few stickers. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> okay. Um. There, do you guys have any other questions? I want to talk to Katie about the Grand Canyon if we have any time left. Um, yes. Well, I, I would actually like to invite invite Salty to come back on to do Trail of the Month for yeah. the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Oh, perfect. Even the Grand better. Canyon like, cannot be yeah. tied to that. Yeah, it, we can't like do. Okay, no. two minutes. Yeah. Tell us, yeah. I, I'm no, it's sure a good point. That a meal fail related to the Grand Canyon. Okay. So I wanting to keep things very simple uh decided that I was going to send myself basically all the same things for like uh my, my everything except dinner yeah because like I don't care about repetitive meals that's fine it doesn't bother me yeah. at all you Mono and I are eat. twinsies we're twinsies that way like, that's like it's very simple I know what works for me I know what I want to eat um and so I had I one of the things I was sending myself was like cliff builder bars I was doing that plus like either almond butter or peanut butter as my breakfast so like just you know builder bar scoops of peanut butter and I don't know, probably somewhere around, so out of 40 days, maybe around day oh. 25, I started getting these horrible stomach aches. Like every morning oh. I was getting so nauseous and I eventually figured out after a couple of days of this, that it was tied to my breakfast because it would go away by like midday, hmm. but it was I think I was like reacting to either like the, the peanut butter or the soy and like the, the protein of the bars. And this had never happened to me before, but I consider this a major fail because I was then nauseous for like six hours of the day while trying you to kept eat eating it. But, but you had to I, eat it's all, it's all I had. Oh. You had to eat Because there's no, there's no town, yeah. like there's no towns in the Grand Canyon. I couldn't just yeah. be like, oh, oh, just pick something else up in three all right, days. I gotta eat this and it's gonna and make me sick, totally. but I need the calories. Oh, That's exactly God. how it was. So yeah. It was awful. Yeah. It was the only thing in my bag. And all we had was our food caches, which I'd packed before the trip started. So it was just yeah. like stuck eating. Yeah. Anyways. That's my food fail. So you, you ate it through day 40. I had to. I had yep. to. Yep. Yeah, and then, guess... you know, miraculously, the nausea went away, but it was so bad. I actually threw up a couple of times. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And then you lost all the calories. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's like, like, so you felt gross. You puked. You felt sick. Now you lost the calories. Now you're hungry. Oh, totally. And then you got to go raid a rafting trip. Maybe we should give you the book. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. Did I talk I mean, about not planning the same? Oh, I did talk about it in there. I just didn't follow my advice. That's what happened. Yeah, that surprise. might actually be some good advice to not eat the same thing every meal. Even if you're a mono eater, like some yeah. of us are, maybe yeah, like, yeah. some variety. You may yeah. inadvertently give yourself huh. like a food yeah. sensitivity or allergy. Right. Yeah. So, yep. Or just well, repulsion. Yep. That's, thank you so much too. for coming on and, and thanks for for giving us yeah. a book for the giveaway um anything thank else that we haven't me. asked you or no we covered it thanks for okay. yeah thanks for having me on it was great to awesome. see you guys and yes. folks that great are still interested in trying to get a spot in one of andrew skirka's courses mm -hmm. where, where where can they go yeah go to his website andrewskirka.com and then up at okay. the top he has like a trip schedule up there so yeah we're okay. still taking applications so people should okay. yeah hop and in make sure and if you send them trip. an email start it by saying dear mags <laughs> and, and then say did you know that disco doesn't live in boulder oh god <laughs> that should be the introductory line yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, cool. salty apparently uh Andrew Every Skirka time. saw Dilo one day on trail and called him disco twice quite no twice. twice twice yeah twice oh, actually every time he sees me he saw me once in the grocery store and he knew who I was and we chatted I wonder what while. he would say if he saw but, me would he call me like I don't Dilo? know I don't know if he saw you in Salida and he I called call you Dilo like maybe Dilo. he's just confused about who lives where I don't know I'll set him straight <laughs> so we good, told good. told Dilo, the next time he sees him, you should call him Mags. Yeah. That's perfect. You should just throw a totally. big curveball at him. Mags. Oh, Mags. Oh, gosh. Uh, Total yep. confusion. Yeah. All right. I so just I'll have to remember to do that. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, can't wait to dig Good in a little more ya. of this book. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Adios. I know. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. And when we come back from break, we are going to have Jordan Burns to talk to us about the shelter we trace. Maybe a little beer label reading. This is Moonkid, and I never listen to the trade show. You know, it's just that it's not it's not good enough for me. Our lupine-laden India Pale Ale is packed with juicy tropical fruit character, bright floral aromas, and delectable layers of hop flavor. Pour mindfully, inhale deeply, and enjoy a tropical vacation in a glass. Lawson's Finest Liquids is a family-owned, award-winning brewery, taproom, and retail store located in the Mad River Valley of Vermont. Sip of Sunshine IPA is brewed by Lawson's Finest Liquids in Stratford, Connecticut at Two Roads Brewing Company. Learn more at lawsonsfinest.com. Wow, you got Lawson's. I thought Lawson's was in Vermont. But it's it is.
I yeah, but they, but they outsource they outsource the brewing to Connecticut, where they've probably brew quite a few New England microbeers in all one giant plant. <laughs> Interesting, because I, we can get Lawson's here in Salida, and I was yeah. curious. I'm like, what? This seems like really regional specific. Like, how is this at a at a store in Salida? I think that's the deal. I think that okay. Connecticut brewery, where a lot of people outsource their brewing to nowadays, is uh, interesting. You know, shipping it out west. All right, folks. For tonight's trail of the month, we have a very special guest. Jordan Sheltoe Burns is joining us from Kentucky to talk to us about the Sheltoe Trace. And again, I, I keep wanting to say Sheltoe, but there's a couple of ways to pronounce it. And, and Jordan can explain here in a minute. But a uh, friend of the trail show, Skittles, put us in touch with Jordan. He's an outdoor educator in, in Kentucky. And we are stoked. And a multi, you, you've, you've gone across the trace multiple times, correct? This is correct. Okay, um, we are stoked to have you because this is this trail has been on our the top of our trail of the month list for a couple of years now. We just needed to find the right person to talk to about it, and you're that person, <laughs> Jordan. So, tell us, give us a little bit of background about the trail, just like nuts and bolts, basics, where it is, how long it is, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to help. I absolutely love Kentucky. I am from Kentucky, born and raised, and I've only ever lived in Kentucky. And my first through hike was the Sheltoe Trace. The Sheltoe Trace started in 1979. Um, I believe it was like the 100th National Recreation Trail. And hmm. it started as just like a 100 or 200 mile trail um, through the Daniel Boone National Forest in Eastern Kentucky. And since then, year by year, it's grown. And now it extends 343 miles, which is debatable, um, mm. from <laughs> Moorhead, Kentucky, to northern Tennessee, to a place called Pickett State Park. Um, and right now, the southern terminus is the Burnt Mill Bridge in uh, Pickett State Park in Tennessee. But it's about to be expanded to a place called Rugby in Tennessee. And mm. the trail is going to be extended another 10 miles to a cute little trail town. Yeah. Is the idea with extending it just to like make it any, you know, if it finishes in a town, it's a little easier to get to and from kind of thing. Was that the idea? Exactly. I'm friends with a guy who's in charge of the Sheltoe Trace Association, Steve Barber, who is oh, amazing. Cool. He does a like section hiking thing um, every month of the year, each year with multiple groups of people where he shuttles them so they can section hike the, section hike the trail throughout the year. How did you end up picking the Sheltoe Trace as your first long hike? So, for one, I am obsessed with Daniel Boone. Oh. I almost got hired to be a character actor, like playing Daniel Boone at a, oh. uh, a, a restaurant here in Kentucky. They were going to pay <laughs> me to like dress up in like buckskins and a coonskin cap and like pretend like I the, was from. Is this at the Cracker Barrel? <laughs> it, it could be in Kentucky. <laughs> But it's not. It's at a little coffee shop here in Red River Gorge where I live. But I did a ton of research on Daniel Boone. And I am mostly a rock climber. I um, just got into through hiking in the last couple of years. And um, as I rock climb, I see all these little turtle blazes all over the Red River Gorge where I live in eastern Kentucky. And I heard that it's a trail that goes all the way from northern Kentucky to Tennessee. And I was like, wow, that's insane. Like, who would want to walk that far? 
Like, <laughs> yep. Look at look at me now, Ma. Um, now you're on the but, trail show. All right. And, <laughs> you've really you've really gone all the yeah. way down the social ladder. Yeah, man. I made it. I made it down. So, I was during COVID. I decided to change jobs. I decided to become an outdoor educator um, and start working at this forest school. And I also build tree nets, which is a whole nother story. I build rope, uh, tree houses made out of ropes. Wow. Um, so I had a little window of time between work where I was like, I can do whatever I want. And I'm not that excited about climbing right now. And I've always can like secretly wanted to try a through hike, but I'm not committed enough to do the Appalachian trail or the PCT or the CDT or anything. So like, let's just try this and see what happens. Yeah. And yeah, literally the, the the scariest part for me was that first day. Like, how am I going to feel knowing I have to keep waking up and doing this for like days yep. and weeks? And yeah, after the first day, I just, I couldn't get enough. Like I hiked the whole first day in the rain. I had blisters all over my feet and like had no idea what I was doing logistically, but mm. I absolutely loved it. It was such a good first through hike. How long were you out there for? So the first, I've done it twice. I did it once in 2021 and once in 2022, both in the spring going Sobo. And um, the first time it took 14 days and the second time it took uh, 12 days. Um, the average from what I hear is about 18 days. And what helped me, I think, was the person who helped me plan was at the time the, the fastest known time holder for the Sheltoe a man named Jason Wish, who at the time, had, right? He sounds like, like an NBA player or something, <laughs> or a, a video game character. But yeah, he had just done it and I had heard a podcast with him. So I just sent him a message on Facebook and he immediately like sent me his phone number and could not have been more helpful, like helping me plan everything, like from gear to logistics to just what it's like actually through hiking. Wow. So that's awesome. Let, let, let me make sure I got this straight. So your first through hike you've ever done, you coordinated with the fastest known time holder of the trail to figure out how to do your first long hike. That's, that's interesting. That, that could either be like super great or absolutely terrible because yeah. you know, FKT is like a whole different kind of hike. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need shelter. Just walk. Just like walk just keep walking. Miles. If it's raining, just, just keep walking. Just Your keep body walking. will heat will keep you warm. You'll collapse in exhaustion eventually and just yep. sleep on the trail. Yeah. And then so, you wake up I, when you get cold. Honestly, like he was realistic about it. What he does is brutal. And when I heard about FKTs, I was like, that's admirable, but that is not what I'm looking for. I'm doing right. this for relaxation and fun and adventure. And, um, and yeah, he, he could see that. Like he, he's a glutton for punishment. Like I admire Jason, but yeah, like I was just doing it. Like, am I going to like this? Like I could see a lot of fun future adventures in this and yeah, I'm not going to be able to climb until I'm 70 years old. And, yeah. um, yeah, since I've gotten into through hiking, the only other long trail I've done is, is the long trail. And I met multiple 70 plus year old through hikers when I was on the long trail. So yeah, it's gotten me super jazzed about doing more through hikes. And, did, you uh, change your, did you change your name to long when you were on the long trail? 
<laughs> so that's when I got my trail. <laughs> that's when I got my trail name. I I wanted ah, my trail okay. name. I wanted my trail name to be Peanut Butter Falcon because I what? eat a lot of peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Um, sir, that is not oh, a good trail name. Well, that's way too so, close to Mud Falcon. Do you know about the Mud Falcon, <laughs> Jordan? But no, but I must know now. Yeah. Well, the Mud Falcon explain. was actually taught to me by a fellow climber. This is when you're up in the rocks yeah. and there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. And so you you soft serve it up on a on a rock and then you go and you launch the rock. This oh is my not, god. This is not recommended. It's not leave no trace. It's not Don't leave no it. trace. Don't tell other people about it. This is like Fight Club, man. You know, yeah. We don't speak about, although we just that's right. Told, yeah. So if you we'll if you had out. shown up tonight and your trail name was Peanut Butter Peanut Falcon, Butter Falcon. <laughs> that would have sent the Trail Show Nation that's comprised of three people, including my mom, uh, into a tizzy. Yeah. Uh, I wish three. if I ever if I ever meet a mud falcon on trail, I will definitely just like turn tail and run. <laughs> yeah. The no, but I wanted to be Peanut Butter Falcon, but everyone told me all the Appalachian trail hikers I met on the long trail were like, dude, you can't pick your own trail name. Yeah. Sure you can. Show, you can, but, but you should. Come on, Peter. So, yeah, that's what everyone was saying. They're like, you could, but like, it's kind of bad form unless it's like already your nickname. Like, like I don't yeah. know. Like, to me, the, the long trail is when I learned like trail etiquette. On the Sheltoe, there's no other through hikers. Like, mm -hmm. right. I met, yeah. I met Skittles just, I was like so excited when I met Skittles. I'd been walking alone for like 175 miles. And then there's a guy with like through hiking gear on. And yep. I was like, is this a mirage? Like, and he'd been walking alone walking for like 3,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard that, I was like extra jazzed because wow. at that point, I had done the Sheltoe once and the long trail. And just after doing the long trail and feeling how hard the AT was, I was like, this guy is like an alien. Yeah. And he uh, is. he's next level. And then so he is. he is. Yeah. But the long trail, I met a, a fella named Happy who was doing the Appalachian Trail. And as we were hiking, I kept bringing up the Sheltoe. And um, mm. he's like, dude, I'm just going to call you Sheltoe. Like you nice. say Sheltoe like every other sentence I talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> it, it's the only basis of comparison I have to the long trail. So after that, everyone just started calling me Sheltoe that we were hiking with. And I was like sold. Like, I will gladly be Sheltoe. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Are there shelters along the Sheltoe? Or is it just you, you got to have a tent or a tarp and, and you're just camping wherever? So it's weird. And it's one of the reasons it's a good first through hike. And I encourage anyone who's looking for a first through hike. If you're anywhere in the southeastern United States, the Sheltoe is amazing. For one, they just came out with a Far Out app, which I did not mm -hmm. have. And if you look on the Far Out app, you can see there is two and possibly even three shelters. I have mm -hmm. found three, I've actually found four shelters on the Sheltoe. There's one in Natural Bridge, two by Cumberland Falls, and one around Big South Fork. Um, they're nothing fancy, similar to AT shelters. Uh, most of them are just three-sided with bunk beds. Yep. Um, and a place to to stash your food. No privies on the Sheltoe. Um, but yeah, there are like three or four shelters. 
And aside from that, it's super accessible because camping in the Daniel Boone National Forest is like as liberal as it gets. Mm. In most of these areas, you can camp anywhere as long as you are off trail and you practice like leave no trace. You take out all your waste, no trash, no fire pits, and like minimally invasive campsites. And yeah, no permits required in any of the parks that you pass through. Like nice. Pretty much as long as you're respectful, you can sleep wherever you want. There was times where I was so exhausted and I hiked late enough into the night where I just laid down my Tyvek and my camping pad and, ca- and cowboy camped right there in the middle of the trail. Yeah. And there's so little traffic. Like yeah. I have no concerns of anyone passing by. About resupply. <clears throat> so you were out there for 14 days, you said? 12 days, 14 days? Correct. So both uh, times I did it supported. And it was a mixture. Over. were you going for the fkt when you were doing it with the with the support fkt yeah i was walking backwards with my eyes closed if that like adds to my street (laughs) veteran it does does. (laughs) but so i i did it a mixture of supported and self-supported i had my best friend meet me um once each trip kind of for supply support but mostly for moral support because i was alone the whole time for both hikes so it was nice mm. just like have someone to be excited with, like, holy crap, like you will not believe what I saw. I almost got mauled by like 12 dogs yesterday. <laughs> I saw like a 300 pound guy in his tidy whiteies. Like, um, I, I thought I saw a bear, but it was a wild pig. Like, yeah, it was just nice to have someone to share the hype with. But otherwise I drove along the trail ahead of time and I, I left resupplies at businesses or in the woods. Mm. um that i could mm. find along the way mm. but yeah it's super easy doing resupplies there's there's not really trail towns the the only trail town you pass through is um in in the northern terminus and it's moorhead mm-hmm. um you walk right past the grocery store there there are other places where you could hitch into town but it's really not feasible people in eastern kentucky they will pick you up but it's it's not as likely as it is mm. in other states um, and they're probably yeah, I was I out. was actually just going to ask about that. I was like, so you stashed food along the way so that you didn't have to hitchhike. And and that's because you're advising us not to hitchhike in eastern Kentucky. Choose at your own risk. Um, mm-hmm. I did it. I did it once to get to a Dollar General to buy an extra base layer. But I wouldn't advise it. It's not bad people, but I, I just don't think they understand it. Like, yeah, they don't they don't expect people to be walking across the state. And I think they don't believe you when they pick you up. Like they think you're scamming <laughs> yeah. them and yeah. they're waiting right. for you to like try to rob them or something. So you're probably just not going to get picked up. So it's not something you want to rely on. Like if hmm. I'm going to be walking three to four, if I have a three to four supply day of food on my back, like I'm not going to rely on my friends in Eastern Kentucky to pick me up as much as I love them. <laughs> that's good. That's good advice. That's actually yeah, really good yeah. advice about really the trial. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crucial piece of planning information, I would say. Otherwise, there's probably plenty of water. There's no plenty of water. of water. And speaking of crucial planning information, I have to stress this, and Skittles mentioned it too when you all interviewed him about the dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's for I real. Love Kentucky. I love dogs. I have a 13 year old Catahoula that is my best friend in the world. I would fight a grizzly bear for her. Um, but, but would you? Would you really? 
there has been times where we were in bear country and I thought there was a bear and I was like it my first instinct is like it's me or my baby um, so yes um I love that dog and I love all dogs but um in eastern Kentucky people raise their dogs differently they don't really train them and they kind of just leave them out in the yard like lawn ornaments mm -hmm. that will try to eat you as you're hiking past yeah and the Sheltoe Trace is 343 miles and about 30 miles of it approximately are roadwalk. And mm. most, most of that is right where, right next to where I live by the Red River Gorge. Once you get south of Red River Gorge, there's a huge roadwalk where you're walking past a bunch of farms and trailers and a bunch of wild and wonderful dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and as you if anybody hasn't heard the skittles episode you can go back and hear him tell the story but he got bit and a dog actually like drew blood and yeah. it wasn't catastrophic or anything but that should not happen it really bums me out that that is like a concern for people hiking the sheltoe but if you are planning on hiking the sheltoe i will tell you it is a concern I almost got attacked probably a dozen times. Oh my both God. times I've hiked the trail. And I say almost because I brought pepper spray. Most times I didn't have to pepper spray dogs. They'll come running at you like yeah. barking. And you can tell the difference between when a dog just is like excited or like scared versus like, I will eat your face. And, um, yeah, I think I pepper sprayed the same dog that bit Skittles, which kind of makes me feel better about it. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, because you just never know. And yeah. story time, it's short and sweet, but one time I walked out on a road off, off the Sheltoe, and there was 12 dogs standing in the road facing in front of me. <laughs> a pack of dogs. <laughs> 12? My 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 can of pepper spray is like a little pink like yeah. pepper spray for like runners yeah um i'd already used it like i'd already used it like four times so it was probably it was like on e and <laughs> these dogs are like staring at me like they're gonna eat me and luckily there just happened to be a car with a woman sitting in it parked right there by the road and oh. I didn't even hesitate. I ran as fast as I could and I dove straight in that woman's car. I didn't even ask. And all the dogs like jumped on the car and surrounded the car. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought those dogs were going to attack me. And she's like, oh, I thought they were too. <laughs> she's like, you're okay. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, um, I was like, I'm hiking across Kentucky, like, but I don't know what to do. Uh, do you mind like giving me a ride past these dogs <laughs> and i'm not ashamed to say that's the only section of trail i skipped on either time oh i did it God, i skipped probably a quarter mile of the trail so she drew she drove me down past that section where the dogs were so then, uh, interviews okay. over hikes and valids <laughs> so pepper spray pepper spray is pepper spray is, is pepper spray is what you need um to kind of keep the dogs at bay when they're growling at you and drooling and stuff and about to snap pepper spray pepper spray is all you need and honestly don't just shoot the pepper spray most of the time if you just hold out your hiking poles and say like clack them together and be like no bad yeah. dog like 
most dogs like are used to humans being in control. So like as soon as you act like you're the dominant one, they'll usually bow down. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they don't. Um, well, and yeah. and honestly, I, I I believe this that like a lot like small human beings like children like they can tell if you believe yourself or not. <laughs> they can tell if you mean it, you know. Yeah. And I think, like yeah. you said, there's some dogs that don't care. They're going to attack you. Like they're like, oh, you think you're in charge? No, I'm in charge. But most dogs like recognize that hierarchy. But you, yeah. you got to believe it when you try to out, out alpha them. You know, you got to believe yourself because <laughs> they'll it's sniff it true. out. You know, it's true. And you can be prepared if you're planning on hiking the Sheltoe. You don't need to be concerned the entire trail. Um, the northern terminus all the way to Natural Bridge is 100% safe. You'll see some dogs, but they're harmless. But once you get south of Natural Bridge, until you get to McKee, you need to have your pepper spray at the ready at all times. Because I felt like I was in like Lord of the Rings, like at any time, like an orc could just come like bounding out of the woods mm-hmm. to like attack me. <laughs> and like, if I wasn't ready, like, uh, yeah, right. I could have I got bit. Let me ask you a I question. I heard a story about a woman getting taken off trail and sent to the emergency room. Oh, my God. Uh, not too long I'm ago. a dog bite? Attacked by a dog in the Sheltery, yeah. Wow. Let me ask you a question about this. You mentioned the Far Out app. Is that a, a mapping navigation app? That Sorry, is form, I've never for, used formerly it. known as the gut hook. That's app. what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Question is that has user data. Is Are people like uploading information about where these dogs are <laughs> onto this app? So the Far Out app, I actually didn't use it. It didn't exist okay. when I did the right. trail either time. Um, yeah. I did use the, the long, I used gut hooks or Far Out when I did the long trail. And I imagine that people have added in the comments, like if they've encountered dogs in certain sections, definitely look ahead on the comments on gut hooks um, as you're hiking. And yeah, you can see where other people have had issues. And if you have an issue, like post it on there so other people know. Can we talk about poison ivy? Is poison ivy an issue? Uh oh, Jordan shook his head, man. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the reason I hike it in the spring. Um, Oh, yeah? I'm severely allergic to poison ivy. I spend more time outdoors than I do indoors, and I have for most of my life. And I get a wicked case of poison ivy almost every year. Um, Have you ever thought (laughs) about maybe eating a little bit of poison ivy to develop a natural immunity to the earth soil? Uh, you're laughing wanna... at me. You're laughing at me. I'm curious what you have to say about that. <laughs> it's just, I'll tell you you're... why I bring this up in a minute. You're not the first person to suggest this. I had this <laughs> kooky old timer here in Eastern Kentucky come up to me one time and, and he saw me scratching. And he was like, D'Lo met that guy. <laughs> no, I didn't. He wasn't an old timer. Keep going. Keep going. But yeah, he was like, if you just start eating it in the spring when there's like baby leaves, like you'll stop getting it. And I, I can see oh my God. like what he's getting at, but I just cannot compel myself to touch a poison ivy leaf, let alone stick the thing in my mouth and All chew right. it up. So last it. last summer I was camping in Tennessee <clears throat> and my kids were playing with some kids and we were leaving the next morning and we went over to get our kids and we met the folks that were camping across from us. And I was talking to them and I was looking at a tree and it was a beautiful poison ivy vine growing up the tree. It was just beautiful. It was dark green, luscious leaves, beautiful poison ivy. A guy sees me looking at the poison ivy and he, he says, ah, there's poison oak. And I'm like, yeah, 
oh yeah, I wouldn't touch that. And you know what he did? He reached over and he grabbed a leaf and he put it in his mouth and he just started <laughs> chewing it in front of me, looking at me dead in the eye like these, you know, some of those folks down south do, looking me straight in the eye a couple feet away, munching on a mouthful of poison ivy. Oh my God. And he said, if you just, y'all just eat this here poison ivy, you'll develop a natural immunity to it. Now, and then he gave me the really the best words of advice. Y'all shouldn't do this unless you're close to medical supervision. <laughs> <laughs> so it could, you know, it's like a double-edged sword, right? You might find that eating that poison ivy will make it such that you don't get any poison ivy all summer long. Or taking naps and poison ivy. Or you go to the hospital when your throat yeah. swells up because you just got <laughs> blisters in your throat from eating a mouthful of poison ivy. So it could go either way. So I'm just curious about your experience with this. But it sounds like you have not eaten any poison ivy. No, I can't say I have. I'm curious if okay. you have. Uh, no, I haven't. But when I saw that man who was from <laughs> those parts eat that poison ivy, I I think there's I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. Jordan and in, in Boulder, people don't eat poison ivy. They drink their own urine. Yeah. <laughs> but in Tennessee, in Tennessee, they eat the poison ivy. In fact, that man told me that when his children were young and who would be out in the woods chip, chipping up trees, you know, chopping up trees and feeding them to the wood chipper, and he would come home with a lot of poison ivy on him, he would just rub his hands on his babies so that they would get a little bit of oil. And that way they just kind of, you know, developed a, co a peaceful coexistence with fresh oil. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is Tennessee, man. This is what I anyway. saw in the summer. Yeah, it's good stuff. Back so I was curious about the poison wow. ivy. But you hike it in the spring. You hike it in the spring so that there's fewer poison ivy. The poison well, ivy is smaller. And you do have to go into Tennessee. And I will say, I recommend doing it north to south. As much as I love Kentucky, like it's nice finishing in southeastern Kentucky and Tennessee because down there it's a lot more undeveloped, which for one, there's more poison ivy, unfortunately. But for two, you're in like a green tunnel and like mountains and like wildflowers and like, mm. or whatever time of year you do it. But when I, when I've done it in the spring, it's just carpeted in wildflowers in March and April. And yeah, and also like carpeted in colors in um, October, November, which are like the most popular times to do it. But okay, so spring I'm, and fall. And I'm actually preparing to do it again. I'm going to, I'm, I have spring break from forest school at the end of March, beginning of April. And this year I'm going to try to do it in 10 days from Damn. going south to north. I'm going to try doing it the opposite direction this time. Nice. Can you, uh, and, can you send us an audio update? If yeah. You, if, if you get like a moment at some point during that hike, just Particularly like a two to three your, minute audio clip yeah, from the trip. Particularly when you're about to be attacked by dogs. Yeah, maybe some dogs. Oh my God! They're here, 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 guys! Oh, could you hear them? <laughs> so even better. I'll do you one better. I'll be putting in a dip of poison ivy. <laughs> as I'm getting mauled by dogs. A dip oh, yeah. of poison ivy oh, being mauled by dogs. That's amazing. That's amazing. This gentleman that I met did not Copenhagen talk about and dipping poison, poison ivy. ivy. But that's, the, that's like even show. one up, oh, yeah. just like keeping it going, keeping that poison ivy going through your oh system. This is great. Wow. So Jordan, Jordan, how much of the trace is actual single track trail versus, I know you said 30 miles of road walking. Is some of it like walking two tracks or forest roads, or is it mostly single track 
hiking trail? The Sheltoe varies. It's mostly single track trail, like you're saying, going through state parks with the occasional road walk, even outside of that um, 30 mile stretch I talked about, just mm. to get from state park to state park. But mostly the, those connectors are either ATV trails, horse trails, or gravel roads. Okay. Um, the horse trails are like, hate them or love them. Um, it's cool getting to like hike with horses and see beautiful, majestic creatures, but the trail conditions are abysmal when you're mm. around Cave Run Lake where all the horses are because they just turn, they, they till the trail. Yeah. It turns it into a straight mud pit, like even when it's dry out. And yeah. I, I saw a video, I was looking through my pictures before I talked to you all, just trying to like remember the hike. And there was a video of me saying, ladies and gentlemen, the worst trail conditions in the world award goes to like Cave Run Lake and like <laughs> panning forward to just like a mud pit for like a hundred yards in front of me. Wow. Are your so, pictures yeah. online anywhere? They are not. Okay. But I could share some with y'all. Well, yeah, I'd say send us a couple. We'll we'll put a couple up with the post we do for the show. Gladly. I have a picture of the best section of the trace, which is from um Laurel Lake to Cumberland Falls. If anyone's looking for a section to do. Sounds nice. Um, okay. It is amazing. No um, during the springtime, not a dog in sight. And mm -hmm. During the springtime, it is like just walking through a field of wildflowers wow. for like miles. Absolutely gorgeous. Sounds nice. I don't know if we talked about this before we started the interview or at the beginning, but the name comes from, that was Daniel Boone's nickname, right? Sheltoe? It was. So yeah, Daniel Boone was famous for being one of the first people to come here and colonize in Kentucky. He wasn't the first, but he was one of the first and definitely the most notable. And Daniel Boone was kidnapped by the Shawnee. And hmm. he was actually, because he was somewhat of a notable person, they knew who he was. And they, um, they adopted him into the tribe. And he also was very skilled. And there, it's debatable why they call him Sheltoe. Hmm. But what I've heard, it's because he walked slow and he carried a lot of stuff like a turtle or another story is that when they captured him they caught him hiding in some shallow water breathing out of a bamboo reed and his back was sticking out of the water like a turtle <laughs> shell so it was like totally obvious where he was hiding and hmm. i don't know which one's true or which one is the actual story but that's what i've heard but it means big turtle in shawnee yeah. very cool interesting is there anything else about the shell to we trace that we haven't asked you that that you want to get out there Nothing that I haven't really said, but okay. I, I will reiterate just that I think it's such a good, it's a good through hike period, but it's a great first through hike. If you're here in the Southeastern United States and like, just like me, if you're like on the fence, like I remember a time where I said like, I like camping and backpacking, but after two or three days, I've had my fill. But I said that without ever having tried more than two or three mm -hmm. days. So if you're looking to try more two or three days and you live anywhere near Kentucky or Tennessee, like, and now that there's a far out like guide for this yeah. on the far out app, it makes the logistics so easy. And if you hate it and you want to bail after two to three days, you can, or you might be like me. And even after two to three days of getting rained on chased by dogs, you're like, this is amazing. And it is like, yeah. I was seeing waterfalls and arches and overlooks and meeting people like random places along the trail and 
getting trail magic like occasionally even though it's not as abundant as it was in vermont yeah it's definitely worth experiencing very cool and you mentioned briefly uh the shell trace association is that right correct so you can look them up on facebook or their website okay um, it's run by my friend steve barber and every year they do a hiker challenge where multiple groups of different ability ability levels meet up and do the trail in sections and it could not be more user-friendly i know a lot of trails do this but um, if you miss a day like if you can't make it one of the weekends you can make it up on your own or with a friend and um or you can make it up a different time of the year and they put up 343 miles into 12 sections and i'm not good at math so i don't know how many miles that is per section but it's totally manageable yeah. and yeah, it's not right. Yeah. Can I make up the mileage just by like doing laps outside my house on the driveway? Like if I can't make uh, it down. No, it doesn't okay. count, POD. <laughs> that would be invalid. Up the power line behind we'll my go, house. We'll we'll post a link to um the association's website too. Well, awesome. This sounds great. I'm Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. This was again a trail that we've been wanting to cover forever, and we finally found the person to talk to about it. And set you know best of luck on your 10-day jaunt at the trace again this year and and send us an audio clip from the trail yeah please do thank you all and yeah i'm looking forward to listening to more of the podcast and yeah i'm glad skittles turned me on to you all well we've got 126 back episodes to keep you uh <laughs> entertained while you're out on the trace this year so uh, that's right. <laughs> enjoy man thank that's you right. all. and thank you thank you for the beer recommendations oh <laughs> that's what we do we're yeah, we're a beer we're a beer podcast that sometimes talks about hiking so that's right yeah yeah i definitely dig what you all are doing and uh yeah i'm happy to spread freaking excitement about through hiking and backpacking awesome. especially in kentucky awesome man well thanks again for for coming on the show and yeah totally we, we look forward to hearing from you uh at some point what and, in March, and maybe, maybe uh yeah and maybe try eating a little poison ivy i mean i mean come on just a little bit just try a little bit i maybe i will too you yeah you do it d-lo you're so into it why you do it i think i might i might i might try it a little wash it down with some urine nobody trust your legal please tell people i'm telling you this guy just took a he just ripped it off the plate yeah but he's a professional we're we're all amateurs man nobody scientific evidence you gotta start somewhere all right, Jordan. Thanks again, and uh, adios. Thanks, Thank you, Descos. Cheers, nice man. You. Happy trails. Cheers. Adios, amigos. All right, folks. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got a few trip reports, and we've got a boatload of hotline calls we need to get to, so don't go anywhere. of all time well that's gone long long gone to think of how i slaved cracked the soil and plants the seed now it's just a gushy mix of con scum and weeds what happens when the world decides to have something it needs if ever you wander look under your jet ski 
This is Daya, and I never listen to The Trail Show. The Trail Show is back. We had a couple of hotline calls this month. Triple O. Please hold for the president of all the West. <laughs> hey, Trail Show Nations, as I'm sure everyone is aware, the holiday that has the focus on me, President's Day, is fast approaching. I'd like to inform my supporters that gifts and greetings are not necessary this year. I would rather you take the time to get on the trail, but please don't go on the hiking trail that I will be on. I don't need a trail show bump. Thank you so much. Wow, you heard it from the president himself. The bay, from the, the Oval Office. <laughs> I guess there's going to be a better shape for all the West's yeah. president's office. Um, but then also the vampire did call back. Hey, Trejo, try to buy this beer in the area around where you live. Edelpilz. Fine harvest biopilz. Zutaten, natürliches Mineralwasser, Gerstenmalz, Hopfen, aus ökologischem Anbau. Neumarkt Landsbräu, Ambergstraße 1, D92318, Neumarkt, www.lamsbräu.de. Nährwert im Durchschnitt je 100 Milliliter. Energie 38 Kilokalorien. Fett weniger als 0,5 Gramm. Davon gefettigte, sättigte Fettsäuren weniger als 0,1 Gramm. Kohlenhydrate 2,5 Gramm. Davon Zucker 0,6 Gramm. Eiweiß weniger als 0,5 Gramm. Salz weniger als 0,01 Gramm. Alkohol 4,5 Volumenprozent. Einwaage 0,5 Liter. Mehrweg für die Umwelt, mindestens haltbar, bis April 2023. Wow. There it is. Another yeah. German beer I'll, label reading. I'll look for yeah. that on my shelf. That's the liquor <laughs> <laughs> I think he said Glühwein. Mm, I always feel like great. German, I feel like I should be able to understand it because it sounds like close enough, but then I never understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds... I heard him saying numbers. I hear it sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, that call from the president, by the way, reminds me that the uh, the Alda West Cascade Rock in Stevenson, Washington, is coming up on March 25th. Um, oh, that would have been good trail news. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, beauty. Good job. <laughs> AldaWest.org. Yes. If you want to go to that rock. Good value for the money. All right, folks, we've got time briefly for trip reports. Has anybody been somewhere in the last month? Because I have, but I don't want to lead. Uh, D'Lo, please. Last Saturday, myself and a man who has came back from the dead. The late one? The late Pomagnanti. What? And I wow. and a few others <clears throat> skied about 15 miles. The front country trails of the Indian Peaks mm. from one end, the south end of the Sourdough Trail to the north end of the Sourdough Trail. Mm. It is nice. a quasi awesome. quasi annual Nordic ski tour. Requires a car shuttle. Mm. Your inner thighs will feel it for a few days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, I too have been doing some some cross country skiing. I finally was like, that's it. I've been dealing with janky setups for years or no setup. I'm just going to go buy new stuff. And I did. 
and it's so fun to ski on nice skis. What kind of skis um, did you buy? Rosies. Oh, they have ed edges, fish yeah. scales. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I actually, um, um, I have some audio from POD's trip. Oh if, God, here we if go. You all humor, humor <laughs> me. I'm going to go ahead and play that. I am tired. I, I feel, I'm sick. I am tired. I am wet. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, nothing else can go on. Beauty, does that sound familiar? That sounds more like you. Hmm. Well, that was definitely a girl's voice, so I, I don't... Yeah. yeah. But I will say, on Sunday, I decided to load up my backpack and get a few miles in, because we're going on this hiking trip for spring break, and, you know, because of my back, I didn't do any real hiking last year so i like just quickly threw a bunch of stuff in my backpack including a huge spaghetti squash and <laughs> <laughs> you mean no iron chains you put spaghetti no, I squash in i there? don't have any chains but i did have what? i don't even i don't even know what's in there but i do know that there's a giant spaghetti squash in there you could have dragged and a tire behind your back i just went over to s mountain and i only did about five miles but my legs still hurt like two days later. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I did that because that just tells me I need to go do some more time with my backpack for the backpacking trip. So anyway, I've spent the last two weeks off trail in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And uh, I literally went from like kind of winter couch season to... <laughs> To off trail with like a thirty-five pound backpack full of paint. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm doing a fire mitigation project up on Black Hills National Forest right now, and um, it involves walking over uneven terrain through the ponderosa pine trees, marking trees for a fire mitigation project with with paint, heavy backpack, uneven terrain. And it took a couple days, but my body slowly adapted. And now I feel like I'm actually ready for hiking season. So, boom, bam. When you're marking right. trees, are you, like, marking them for death? Or, like, do you have to just, no. like, choose? Are you, like, you live, you die? Uh, we're marking the trees <laughs> that live. So oh, we're, nice. we're choosing the best trees to stay. And the, the issue is one of density. So the trees that are there are too dense compared to what we know ponderosa pines forest used to be historically so they're trying to thin them out and get separate the crowns so that when the next catastrophic wildfire happens which it will um, maybe it won't burn up the entire forest and it'll just burn up a small portion of the forest triple r you're the only person that lives in a real hikeable area right now have you done any any trips lately I did. I actually went to one end of the Foothills Trail, Table Ooh. Rock State Table Rock Park, State Park. And hiked up to Table Rock and some other mountain. Nice. I forget what the other mountain was. Sassafras called, but... Mountain? Maybe? Yeah. That's no, the high Pinnacle point Mountain. Oh, Pinnacle. Pinnacle Mountain. Cool. Um, so that was a fun loop. I also went to the 
climbing gym at USC. Mm. Well, it's really their, their gym and got certified to do belaying by like a 12 year old. No, what? Twelve-year-olds can know how to belay. Yeah, man. Yeah, the student there is just like it's it's just kind of scary for me who has a slight fear of heights. Is like this mm. kid who's like probably 20, 22. Right. And then like he teaches me and I pass the test the next day or whatever. And then like after that, like I'm just like supposed to be good enough to like tie right. myself in without any problems. It's a little yeah. scared. Yeah. Totally. Oh boy. Um, so that's the fun adventure, but that's not really uh, too much of a trip as, as much as a skill building. Just to clarify, we covered two ski reports and a rock climbing report, and <laughs> well, here, I got and one. Off Let me tell you hiking. this. Yeah. After after that little hike uh, at the at the foothills trail, we went to a town called Anderson and got some barbecue. Yeah. And like the pulled pork plate had, I kid you not, like a football sized pile of pulled pork on it, each plate. So. Man, you were close to Clemson. Yeah, we were. We saw some Clemson students out there on the trail. Damn. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we've had some donors. We have. We're moving on. Yep. Okay. No more ski talk, Dylan. Nope. Bernard Wolf, Russ Not Fuss Kinder, hey. Craig Pisco Gully, Bobby Walters, Trevor Smoke It If You Got It, The Bull Man, man. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Diane Pinkers, Stein, David Sarcasm, the Elf Vitty, Justin Quality Knowles, Body. Ingrid Gerard, Pat Bouncer Dixon, Gantra. The Weekend, Stephen yeah. the Hustler Russell, Ammon the Brute Bruce, Boop. Renee Shira Patrick, Shira. Wesley the Haggis Addict, Greenwood, it. Kevin Chickpea Cross, and Sasha Honeydew Codette, Tito yeah. Not Tim Williams, Garbanzo. Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens, Brandon Lost Balls, Love Lady, Shira the Switchblade, and Brian the Big McNamara, Bill Felipe Gilbert, David, Dave the Old Crusty Geode Hale, Tony Sheboygan Bruin Pitts, Rachel Diabama Dyed Merchant, Dance, Oh, Richie Rich, Lemuel Glasgow, Lemuel Glasgow. The nuclear farmer, Homer. Armor. Nuke Eric, farmer. the robber's son. Daniel Fundip Sharp. Kill Sharp. Bill Cottrell. Kill Woody Yukon Caboose Bass. Matt Frantum. Tim Frantum. the Hooch. Hoochins. Paul Hoochie True Love. Curtis Ware. The. Tyler the Kermanator. Kermoade. Rayfitch. Andy Pandy Paget. Pat Pipkin. Pipkin. Kurt. Leocri Newton. Leocri. Flash. Bob Hobo Evans. Bob Hobo. Kristen. Fancy Mac Hartung. Victor Flamingo Newton. Simon (laughs) the German Vampire Rosenfeld. German beer labels. Marvin Maverick Castler El Haikador. Jack Thigh High Billings. And Jim Heebie Jeebie Heebner. Viva Los Gatos! <laughs> Heebie Jeebie? Yeah. Any one offs? Yes. Emily Coldbear, 
Bays or is it cold, cold beer? Cold beer. I don't know. I think it's Emily Cold Beers. I think it is Cold Beers. I, I don't mean, think that's name is Bays. Mags, we need to get Mags to read her name. Cold Beers. Cold Beers. Cold Beers. Cold beers. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you to all our monthly donors. Now, we also got some mailbag items. These are clarifications from our last contest. From our contest. Okay. Yes. I just want to say if these were ask a hiker questions, They'd be sure. I, would not. Be, I would be looking at some very negative stairs. Oh, my God. Window right about now because these are long. Well, if you long. shut your yapper, I can get going on them. Well, we can get going on them just when you're ready forward, but they're super long and they're not going to be quick. So I hope everybody's ready, especially when people keep yammering on and on and on about them. I know. I can't. I hate oh that. Oh my when god! That Read the, <laughs> it just keeps going. Back. I just uh, want you to start reading the question. There. The stories are ready. Why do we do it? Show. <laughs> hey, Charles Show. I'm honored that you selected my bad trail day story to air on your show and blown away that it won the jackpot. Really, almost breaking your neck or stepping in your own used cat hole seemed better than being found naked and about to fall off a mountain by a giggling German family. I'm looking forward to a year's supply of blue jeans and propane for my torch. I won't have to worry about hypothermia for 12 months. I learned about air baths when I, when I was a book-addicted nerd kid. Benjamin Franklin used the words to describe and promote his morning ritual of getting naked and opening his windows while he read or wrote. He believed this promoted health, which was in opposition to the generally held belief at the time that colds and other ailments were caused by exposure to the cold weather. Damn hippie. I don't know if Ben invented the phrase air baths, but given all of his other accomplishments, it seems likely. I've never looked at a $20 bill the same since i learned that his portrait looks like he's sitting at a window with a smarmy grin probably because he's naked i'm not hairy in my own estimation just average caucasian fuzziness generally also i don't have much of a butt people have been telling me to pull my pants up my entire life because of the lack of of a caboose to hold them up so pod's fantasy of me having a big hairy butt is just not supportive in reality then again dreaming is free so whatever Thank you again. The trail show is FN unbelievably fantastic. I'm so thankful that you had the idea and have kept it rolling all this time. Someday I may actually listen to it. Slackjaw. The Buffalo Jack Wagon. Just a quick clarification. Benjamin Franklin is on the hundred dollar bill. Hey. Not the yeah, twenty. Yeah, that's right. Benjamins. Yeah. That's right. Those are Hundos. So there's some clarification. Someone else needs to read the second one. All right. Dear Trail Show, the full worst day on the trail story. Alicia and I were doing an overnight peak bag in the Adirondacks. Instead of using the way more popular Elk Lake Trailhead route to the Dix Range, we decided to go in the less popular route using unmaintained herd paths or social trails, if you will. I will. Before we got to where we needed to park, along a busy two-lane road with a steep embankment on the side where we parked, I heard the bow puppies barking loud. I jumped <laughs> out of the car and over the guardrail in a big hurry, saying that I stepped in my own cat hole is a bit misleading. In fact, when I first told the story, I said that all the bad things that happened were the result of surface poo bad karma. In fact, I was standing on a 45-degree slope in a pile of roadside trash 
like old tires and fast food wrappers and didn't think at the time that my poop really detracted from the vibe of the place much. <laughs> Karma would teach me otherwise. So indeed, I did just leave my poop right there. I climbed oh back God. up the steep slopes of the car, <laughs> grabbed my pack, and Skunk Cabbage and I were on the way. We hadn't hiked very far when the aroma told me that I had stepped in my own. Cleaned off my shoe as best I could, and we continued to our campsite without any other issue. Our plan was to hike two of the five 4,000-foot peaks that afternoon, return to camp, and hike the others the next day. We soon set out with day packs to do just that. I soon slipped and fell downhill onto my ribs on a large log. Soon after, Alicia was scrambling up some rocks, and while she was trying to back out of a bad move, she was treated to yellow jackets stinging her while she was stuck figuring out how to get back down. Oh. We did reach the first summit without further incident, but we couldn't find the path to the next peak or the way to return to our campsite. We had a <laughs> GPS track, the shame, but an extremely thick cover made it so inaccurate that it was useless. We were already getting anxious about getting back to camp before dark, and since we were having no luck, we decided to bushwhack down to the brook that our tent was on. Bushwhacking in the Dax is not pleasant. By the time we got to camp, it was pretty dark and we were dehydrated due to not bothering to bring a filter with us. We spent the night shooting away, shooing away the mini campsite mice and trying to soothe our legs. They were covered in tiny cuts. The bushwhackers that bushwhackers who are stupid enough to wear shorts know all too well. Oh, I also woke up to horrible hamstring cramps from getting dehydrated. Lemuel. D'Lo, do you know about this area, the Dick's Range and and this, you know, shwacking in the Dax? Like, is this something you used to do? Yeah, I've done done some shwacking in the Dax. Dax shwacking? And you just, yeah. A, A lot of the times there's well, well, I shouldn't say well-marked, but easy to follow herd paths, Mm. um, especially as you get closer to the summits because everybody kind of, you know, there's only so many places for everybody to go. So they consolidate into one trail that kind of becomes more well-defined as you get closer to the top. But as you, you know, if you're, when you get further away from the summit, the trails do kind of get dispersed and it's easy to lose them. But yeah, bushwhacking that Adirondacks can be thick. You will be bushwhacking through spruce and firs, which are pointy and scratchy. And yeah, you gotta wear you gotta wear, them, gotta wear some pants. Oof. Gotta wear some pants. Brutal. Yeah. He surface pooed in a bunch of trash. And you know, I can I can sort of relate to that. I had an incident in New Zealand where we were walking a dirt road and you know how it is, especially in the southeastern U.S., like sometimes when you're on rural dirt roads, you'll find trash. Someone's like a lot has dumped a lot yeah, of trash like their off, whole off, garbage. Yeah, off the corner of a dirt road. You, you'll just so I was walking New Zealand one day and and what did he call it? The bowel puppies. I felt <laughs> the bowel puppies barking, barking. And uh, I went off the edge of this rural dirt road and there was a washing machine down there that someone had discarded off their vehicle. A front loader. It was a front loader and it was face up. So the <laughs> hole, there was no lid and the hole was face up. And I mean- That's an I, invitation. It was, dude, it was like mana from heaven. I'm looking, I'm like, what are the odds? Mana from heaven. <laughs> what are the odds that I would be walking this road, the urge would hit, I look over the side and there's abandoned washer face up, lid off. 
So I did the only thing I could do, and you all know what that is. The best part is that we were hiking with Skittles, and Skittles has this by the numbers each day, and it's like number <laughs> of wild dogs, that, the Skitspits, number of wild dogs that we saw, number of like just random stuff. And that day he wrote, number of washing machines that Disco took a dump in. One. <laughs> <laughs> And Disco was oh like, boy. there's no context there. There's no context. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it was like, it was historical trash at that point, you know? Yep. It hmm. just said, yeah. number of washing machines, Disco took a dump in. One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Oh, think, my God. I think we're up to ask a hiker at this point. Yeah. I think we should charge for it boldly, D-Lo. <clears throat> Did you cue have any questions? Cue the music. Music cued. Question number one and only. Dear Trail Show, in the last episode, a serious question was posed to you regarding the level of concern that a PCT 2023 Novo hiker should have regarding this year's record Sierra snowpack. I was shocked and appalled to hear POD belittle this question and then instead of discussing this concerning issue in a serious manner, making mocking jokes and instead of dispensing with the sage and serious advice that I've come to know from the Trail Zero. <laughs> so maybe I'll try again. The Sierra is on track for record snowfall this year. What does it mean to PCT hikers? Thanks, and I still love the show. And this is from Frosted Cheerio. Wow. Yeah. POD, I think I gave some pretty some... good advice. Well, actually. There's... Ask everyone what their plan is. So then, you you know, you have more options. Yeah. Well, we've got wrong? more data since last month. On we've the got pack. more data, people. POD, do you want to tell them about the more data that we now have? Yes. Great. So as it's of worse than days, we thought. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really is it is it really is <laughs> it really is so as of a few days ago the snowpack was basically up around it's really close to 200 percent, basically of normal and in the last like really historic snow year was 2017 and there was one a long time before that as well but um oh five yeah Okay, so the trail, the, the snowpack right now is 263% of average. Oof. Yeah. And back in 2017, which was the most recent, like, most crazy snow year, it was 180%. Oh, boy. I don't so know who's giving saying? snow extra credit in this class, but they need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that this is record-setting deep snow correct so i think you should um actually carry a clipboard and interview every single hiker write down their name and their plan maybe get a link to their gear list for if the you carry two clipboards you could then also use them as <laughs> snowshoes yes <laughs> so it's okay. multi-purpose ultra light. so here's another or thing to consider wait sled, here's another even, even more pertinent thing to consider <laughs> Southern California mm -hmm. is about could potentially get four feet of snow over the next few days. Yeah, so we're talking. We're actually talking about that, like Mount Baden Baldy, Powell, Baden yeah. Powell, yeah, Bear, Big Bear, mm -hmm. uh, Mount San Jacinto. Mm -hmm. All of these high peaks in Southern California 
could also have record snowpack. And these are very formidable peaks to deal with in a high snow year as well, especially because in the desert sections, you are wondering why you're carrying an ice axe and crampons of some sorts across you know, the Palm Springs Valley. So there's also that to consider. Well, here's my serious advice. Mm. You Disco have and I, serious? Yeah. You, you I, do I don't think, serious honestly, like, I don't feel comfortable at this point giving out any advice on our show. Well, I do because everybody's going to make their own decisions. So here's my right, yeah, that's, that's totally fair. I think that's fair. Oh. Everybody has to make their own decisions. Yeah, man. Nobody's don't take your advice. Nobody's paying us for advice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you keep, well, you keep asking us the same Don't questions. use the word we're advice, gonna, Beauty. We're going to keep telling you that this is going to suck on the PC. These views do not <laughs> represent the view. What, oh, what get over it. Get except, over it. Except for the fact that this year is going to suck on the PCT until the mm-hmm. snow melts. Yeah, it is. Disco and I, You're gonna before hate we it. went out on the CDT, which we did before the PCT. Well, I did before the PCT. So we started in Glacier. And before we went out there, we actually went out and trained on how to use an ice axe. On snow. Because many hikers go out with an ice axe and they have no idea how to use it. Yeah. So number one is don't carry gear that you don't know how to use. Number two is don't hike in terrain that you don't have the proper gear for. And number three is be flexible with your expectations and your planning. Yeah. Don't go places that you don't feel comfortable navigating by yourself, because at any moment you could get separated from your hiking pod or your friends or your trail fam or whatever you want to call it. And if you don't know how to get in and out of those places by yourself, using the gear that you have safely, then you shouldn't be there. So it's great that anyone's planning a PCT through hike. And the reality is that the PCT has been a little bit of a touch and go situation for the last many years because of fires. Yeah. You can't plan to have a through hike anymore on the PCT. And now this year we've got all the snow. So I would just say that like, know your limitations and make good choices. The trail is always going to be there. You can come back another time. You can do something else. It doesn't matter. This and, could and be also record your plan as the number one entry on your clipboard when you are <laughs> interviewing people so you know what everyone else is doing. Wait, I also want to say that this could be a very good year to do a calendar year triple crown yes. because you could hike up until you hit snow in Southern California and then get on a Greyhound bus and then go over to New Mexico and hike until you hit snow in New Mexico mm-hmm. and then go over and hike all of the Appalachian Trail, all of it, because there's no snow in the east. And then you could come back and then hike where the snow is melted. And then you could go back even further west and keep hiking. You could hike the calendar. This could be your year to hike the calendar, your triple trail. And then you can go down to Florida for the winter and hike the Florida Trail. Yes. yes. You could just keep hiking. Going down to Florida. <laughs> And get to find myself a trail. Going down to Florida. I'm glad the the most pleasing part about this is that this person was horrified at my um my response. I think the word appalled. The the word they used was appalled. They were expecting much more like sober advice from the trail show. 
Well, they obviously don't listen, and they obviously don't know anything about me. Uh, here's what I'll say. Different brings podcast. Me, that brings me a lot of joy. I, I mean, say. skip the Sierras. They're not really yeah, like exactly. the Who best cares? part Come of back the, in the fall, the man. Anyway. You'll be fine. You go here's up to Northern what, California, you do some swimming. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if it were me, and I'm not speaking for anybody but me, but if it were me, and I I was planning and I had a permit to hike the PCT this year. I would currently be making plans B, C, and D that involve trails that aren't the PCT. And that's because she said 260% of average. That is what I would call overwhelming snow and not hikeable. Unless you are late, 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 late in the season, and maybe not even then. It might be one of those years where it's yeah. just it's just too damn much. Also, so, keep in mind, keep in mind, it might not snow after this week. Yeah, it's true. For that's the rest true. of winter. That's why winter. you have to take a clipboard and ask people <laughs> starting at the monument what their plan is. So Cheerio, Frosted Cheerio, if you could please send me a picture of the responses once you get a few few miles deep and you've got a, a couple, you know, 50, 100 responses, then we can talk mm. about that data on the next show. And the second clipboard you can use for responses on how you're going to cross the rivers. Mm. And if you have a third clipboard, you could use it to glissade. <laughs> like a sled, yeah. Yeah, with your ice axe as, as the rudder. Mm -hmm. And your clipboard as the sled, you could yes. then therefore glissade. Then your pants won't get wet down from a, many passes and make really good time. Might be a good year to hike the Appalachian Trail. You Just could saying. also potentially use the clipboard as a raft when you're crossing mm. swollen streets. <laughs> Just tape them together. Frosted Cheerios send hate mail to dlo.net. No, 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 no. A bridge, a bridge. You can you could tape you them all together onto a stick. <laughs> And then you can tape tape one of them onto the end of a stick and blow up your inflatable mattress and then use it as a paddle to like well, paddle well, across. Wait, is anybody talking about hiking the PCT with a pack raft this year? <laughs> you could ride your pack raft <laughs> down the passes. We should we should have mags. We should have mags on the trail show next month to discuss the feasibility of using a pack raft for stream crossings and glissading in the sierra nevada in 2023 on the pct pct man i this gotta tell you could be really interesting it could be when disco and i did the pct <laughs> and we went through way too early and the stream crossings were totally terrifying and i almost went over on a couple of them it was terrible there was this one crossing that we got to late in the day the one that we did with thumbs up and it was horrible yeah we waited until the morning and it was still t really really scary and we were like scouting up the river and there's this one part where the water was deep. And I mean, I seriously was like, look, let's just jump in right here into this giant water hole. It just, <laughs> it just seemed like the, there wasn't a current there, you know, because it was so deep. Yes. I could just jump in. I mean, because the bank is like a good, it was like a good four feet above the water there. I was like, <laughs> this is way safer. I'm just going to jump in here swim across and then throw my bag in and i'll i'll get it you know i mean that's where i was in my head of considering yeah. how to get across this river <laughs> we actually camped early and the water did go down about a foot overnight and we crossed the morning and it was still deep barely but we made it and it was one of those times where you're like going from a snowbank 
crossing the freezing cold river to a snowbank to then go yeah. up into the snow. And those two went across ahead of me and they're both taller than I am and bigger. And I got like stuck in the middle. I was like, like scared, frozen, you know, and like my poles were like vibrating and everything, you know, and they're like, just look at the bank. Look, don't just keep going. And I, you know, finally made it to the other side. And as soon as I got to the other side, I was like crying, but you can't stop because it's so cold. Yeah, you're you're totally wet. Yeah. And you're on the snow, so I was just like, oh, let's just keep going. Ah! And I was like crying and stuff. It was quite a scene. <laughs> quite a scene. Oh my God. It was so, so yeah, horrendous. PCT PCT 2023. If only I had had a couple of clipboards, I would have been yeah. much better off. Like, this could, is what you have to look forward to. You could also take that alternate trail, Highway 395. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice road walk around the city. It goes through Lone Pine, Independence, oh, yeah. Bishop, Easy resupplies yeah a couple hundred miles big parties in those trail towns oh, yeah. big parties Rock Easy out. resupply yep. no sun cups can you imagine if you started the pct and around mile four you run into someone with a clipboard what's your plan for the sierra <laughs> all, right, all right so i'm going to <laughs> this is the part of the show where the show must end tonight <laughs> Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Jordan, Shell Toey, Burns for talking to us about the Shell Toey Trace. Many thanks to all our two hotline callers, including the German Vampire and the President. You too can be an audio superstar by calling the hotline at 720-893-2269. Last but definitely not least, thanks goes to all our monthly donors. We've got stickers. We might even have a koozie. $15 more donation gets you some of that and maybe some of the other. Sometimes we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're also on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Audible, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you download your favorite shows. Another trail show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in March for the Ides of March, which is guaranteed to be full of trouble, beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then... I'd like to leave you with some words from Albert Einstein. There are only two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle. The other is though everything is a miracle. For POD, D-Lo, Triple O, and Jordan. And Salty. And Salty. I'm Disco. Ciao. And remember to call in and tell call us about hotline, your, win your a book. fail. You can win this adventure ready. And this would fit nicely onto a clipboard so <laughs> it's a great little uh tying it all together there two uses is Mar- march should really be like national trail i mean it's, march is already like a hiking term you're on yeah. march right it's a yeah. good month to start the at marching forth on march a trail good month, good to, hike month in arizona. to start the pct mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, <Is it>? this <laughs> <year>. <laughs> especially this year <laughs> I mean, as long as you don't go up into the mountains. Don't go into the mountains in Southern California. Hike the deserts. Enza Borrego only. Yeah. Just do laps from the border to Lake Marina. Telling you, if you were versatile with your transportation, this is the year for your calendar year triple crown. (laughs) Totally is. You need a private jet, D-Lo, to be able to do it. A hundred mile segment at a time on any of the trails. 
Not a big deal. Mm. Totally doing it. Totally doing it. Don't turn off your podcast yet, folks. You're sporking. Yeah, sporking. Uh, okay. I don't know. Now you're on the trail show. I ran as fast as I could and I dove straight in that woman's car. I didn't even ask. You could also take that alternate trail, Highway 395. 720-893-2269. Call the hotline with your worst meal fail on trail. 